Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, folks... About a month and a half ago, we we started a series that we, we're calling Be the Church. It's more than a service. And the reason why we entered into this study is because we, we went through a little bit of a, a difficult time here at the church. And when you go through difficult times, this is true even in your own relationships, like marriage relationships and so forth, it, it kind of exposes what the weaknesses are in your life. And it exposes some weaknesses in our church. And one of the areas of weakness that it exposed in our church that we were very much aware of, that we're doing what we can to change that, is the issue of prayer. Praying as a church or praying as individuals. And so what we're going to talk about today is when we look at that early church back in Acts chapter 2, we saw that they were committed to five different things. And one of the areas that they were committed to was believing prayer. That when they prayed, they believed that God heard them and that God would do something. And and I'll be honest with you, that really should be a commitment that each of us has in our relationship with Jesus, is that when we pray, we know that God hears us. And especially as a church, the church of Jesus Christ, we should be praying and believing that God hears our prayers and He's going to do something. So we're going to talk about prayer today. But before we begin, let me just kind of help everybody understand what prayer is. I'm going to give you a simple definition of prayer. Prayer is simply, are you ready for this, talking to God. If you want to write that down, you can. Prayer is simply talking to God. Now here's what happens though. For you and I, especially if you've been around church or you've been around churches or you've been around church people, it, it kind of seems like prayer is this phenomenal religious exercise. So you have to pray a certain way or say certain things or even end your prayers with certain words for it to be prayer. But the problem is, that's not what prayer is. Prayer is simply, are you ready for this folks? Prayer is simply talking to God and letting Him know what are the things that are going on in your life, and talking to him about doing certain things. And it's even sometimes just simply listening to what God's going to say to you. In fact, you won't ever see anywhere in the Bible that tells you how you're to pray. So in the Bible, you'll find people who are praying face down on the ground. You'll find people who are praying standing up. You'll find people who are kneeling. You'll find people who are just praying as they go throughout the day. There's not any proper way to pray. It's simply talking to God. So, for instance, let me give you an example. So, like, when I'm going to use Lori and I for a moment, okay? So, if prayer is simply talking to God, it would be like Lori and I talking to each other. Now, here's, in our home, when we talk to each other, we talk to each other face to face. Or, if she's in one room, I'm yelling into the other room. Hey, Lori! Or she's yelling at me. And... She might be sitting down talking to me, and I'm standing up. Or I might be relaxing, and she's standing up with her, you know, telling me 
what I need to do, okay? Do you know what I'm saying? We're talking to each other. It's never like this, Lori, can I talk to you for a moment? You know, we don't do that. You don't do that. It's simply talking to God. That, can I tell you, is the first thing you need to understand. Why do you need to understand that? Because some of you don't pray because you think of it as a religious thing and that if you don't do it properly, he won't hear you. Folks, there are reasons why God doesn't hear us. How you approach him in prayer is not one of them. He wants to hear from you. So prayer is a beautiful, let's just call it like it is, it is a beautiful privilege that you and I have to go and talk to the creator of the universe and be honest with him. Tell him what's on our mind, what's on our hearts. Even complain. You mean I can complain to God? When's the last time you read through the book of Jeremiah? There's a point where Jeremiah says, God, you've deceived me. Why did you have me do this if you were going to do that? Sounds like a complaint, doesn't it? It's okay to be real with God. So what we're going to talk about today is, okay, we're going to talk about us as a church, but we're also going to talk about you as an individual. Why we should pray. What we're going to do is, is we're going to go through several different passages. We're going to start with Acts, work our way to Colossians, and then end up in 1 Timothy. We're going to start with Acts, and we're going to talk about the meaningless motions that we go through when we pray. What do you mean? Well, when you think about Acts, in Acts chapter 2, they devote themselves to prayer, and God does these wonderful things. But when you get over to chapter 12, they kind of get like us, where you go through the motions of prayer, but, well, we'll talk about that in a moment. Then we're going to get over to Colossians, and we're going to see what kind of attitude we need. We need to talk about getting serious in prayer. And then we're going to go over to 1 Corinthians and talk about what we should be praying for and why we should be praying that way. So let's start off first with Acts. Let's look at Acts chapter 12. We're going to look at verses 12 through 17. It's a story of an incident that happens. By this point, the church is getting well known in Jerusalem. The authorities are upset. And so they decide to persecute the apostles. And so they've killed James, the apostle James, and they have arrested the apostle Peter. And in the verses before this, Peter is released from prison by a angel. An angel came and released him from prison miraculously. And so Peter is going to go where his friends are. And so we come to verse 12. Look at what he says here. So when he considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together. What are they doing? Praying. And Peter knocked at the door of the gate, and a girl named Rhoda came to answer. And when she recognized Peter's voice, Because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, You are beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so, and they said to her, It is his angel. Now Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But motioning them with his hand to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of prison. And he said, go tell these things to James, that's Jesus' brother, and to the brethren. 
And he departed and went to another place. So here's what's going on. Okay, Peter's released from prison. He goes over to John Mark's house. Now, who's John Mark? Well, you know the Gospel of Mark. This is the house of his mother. And they go to the house, and he's outside knocking on the door. Hey, let me in. And a girl comes. Her name is Rhoda. And she's all excited. It's Peter. But she doesn't let him in. You ever done that? Ah! You run to go get everybody else. And you, you know, she's doing that. And she goes into the prayer meeting. You can almost guess what they're praying about. They're praying about Peter. And she says, Peter's outside. Ah, oh, you're crazy, girl. He's in the Roman. He's, he's under guard. He's outside. And he's knocking on the door. They won't let him in. It's kind of funny, isn't it? Well, here's what I want you to see. A couple of things I want you to see about this. It's about empty prayers. Number one, we go through the motion of prayer. That's the thing to do, isn't it? You're Christian. What do you do when you're Christian? You're supposed to what? Pray? You ever gone through a problem and you ask another Christian, Oh, you know, I'm going through this difficulty and I'm going through this struggle. And what do they say to you? I'll what? Pray for you. And if you notice that you never find any satisfaction with that, you're like, i got a problem! And you're telling me you're going to... You don't say that out loud because you want to look spiritual. But in your mind, I need an answer! And you, and you, and, and I've had people say to me, I'm tired of your pet answers. Because they don't believe that prayer can do it. And so we go through, here's what happens. You can get to the point where you remember when you saw God doing something, but after a while, prayer gets to be just plain old what? Routine. And you go through the motions of prayer. This is what these folks are doing. They're having a prayer meeting. Guess what they're, who they're praying for? They're praying for Peter, that Peter will be released from what? Jail. And he's outside. Let me in. Let me in. Here's the second thing I want you to see. We go through the motions of prayer, but here's the reality. This is where you and I are at. We're surprised when God answers. Isn't that true? I'll just be flat out honest with you. There are times when I pray and I go to God with my need and with my burden. And I say, oh, God, will you do this? And, oh, God, will you take care of this? And, God, will you provide in this way? And, God, will you change a heart over here? Time goes on. And then God answers. And he does exactly what I ask him to do. And you know what happens? This is George talking, okay? This is me. I'm like, what? I'm like blown away. And in fact, you know, at first I'm like, oh, wow, this worked out. Woo! And then it kind of occurs to me later, maybe it's the Holy Spirit speaking to me saying, well, didn't you pray about that? Yeah, I did pray about that. But you know what, God? Maybe I wasn't, ex- I wasn't believing. Do you know what I'm saying? I wasn't expecting you to answer. You know, we can get that way, can't we? We go through the empty routines of just simply praying, but then we're blown away when God answers. What, what's going on there? We're just like these folks in Acts. We're praying, but we're not expecting anything. See, this is the difficulty. This is where we're at as a church. We can have all kinds of prayer meetings, and we can be praying all we want, but if we're not expecting God to do anything, it's just empty motions, isn't it? And then when he answers, that just blows your mind. We go through the motions. They're empty prayers. We're surprised when God answers. He wants to hear from us. He wants you to believe Him. 
So notice with me. Turn over now. Just turn over a few books. Go to Colossians chapter 4. So how do we pray, George? How do we get serious about prayer? Because I want to know that God hears me. I want to pursue Him. I want to see Him answering prayer in my life. What do we need to do? Look with me at chapter 4, verse 2. Here's what Paul says to the Colossians. He's saying this to you and I. He says, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Here's what we need to do to get serious about our prayer. First thing, number one, he says continue earnestly. What does that mean? Continue earnestly. That means a consistent attitude, a persistent attitude. So here's the point I would have you write down. We need to make an effort to be persistent in prayer. Here's the problem with some of us when we pray. We only pray one time. Oh, God, I wish you would take care of it. Never think of it anymore. Never talk to him about it anymore. The reason why is simply because it's a reflection of our what? Our attitude towards prayer. That we we really don't think that God can answer. So if you don't think he can answer, you're only going to pray about it one time. You're going to go through the religious exercise one time. But if you truly believe that God can answer you, you will be persistent. In fact, Jesus said prayer would be like this. It's like a guy who has a visitor come to his house in the middle of the night. And in their culture, when you had a visitor, you were supposed to set food before them. So this guy has got a problem now because the culture expects him to take care of his guests. His guest comes in the middle of the night. He has nothing to serve his guest. So what does he do? He goes over to the neighbor next door and he's knocking on the door. Hey, give me a loaf of bread and some peanut butter. It doesn't say that. I'm just talking to you like Kerwinsville. Okay. All right. It, it's give me some food. And the neighbor says, my children are in bed and my house is in order. Leave me alone. Wouldn't you say that? Some of you would be a little bit harsher than that. You'd be like, get out of here. I'm in bed. But here's what the neighbor does. He's pounding on the door. I need your help. And Jesus said, because of the persistence of that neighbor, He will give him what he gives just to get him out of his hair. Then he says this, how much more will God give you who loves you if you're persistent in prayer? See, the old timers, years ago, the old preachers would talk about, some of you maybe remember this, about praying it through. Now, I don't expect the younger people to understand that, but maybe some of you older ones remember that. When you heard the preachers talk about praying it through, What do you mean praying it through, George? That is that you keep praying about it till you sense that God has heard you. See, that's what we need in our prayer lives. If we're going to get serious about prayer, we need to to make a persistent attitude in prayer. We need to continually go to Him and say, God, I talked to you about this yesterday. It's still on my heart. I need you to do this, Lord. God, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I need you to do this. God, I need you. I need you to touch my family. God, I need you to provide. Folks, when you do that, you're, you're recognizing with your persistence that you're expecting God to do something. He may not do it exactly the way you want Him to, but you're expecting Him to answer you. That's getting serious about prayer. Let's just be flat out honest with ourselves. I'm going to talk about me, and I know you can relate to me. We're not serious about our prayer lives, are we? And the number one way we can tell is, look at how much we pray about stuff. We might mention it once. Is it any wonder we get shocked when he answered prayers? 
get serious. Here's the other thing he says. We need to pray with an awareness of God. Look at what he says. Continue earnestly. So he's talking about that persistence in prayer. Being vigilant in it. What does that word vigilant mean? The word vigilant means being watchful. What am I watching for, George? Some kind of problem? I've got to be watching, aware of what's happening around me? No, you're watching for God to work. You and I need to not just pray persistently, but we need to pray with an expectation. Do you pray like that? When you go to God, do you expect Him to answer you? Do you know what I'm saying? Do you expect Him to do something about it? I mean, I'm reminded continually about, you know, I remember when our kids were young. You remember when your, your little ones were young? They thought you could do anything. Do you remember that? And, and I remember Madison, she's 19 now, but I remember Madison bringing a toy that she loved, and, and Daddy broke. And she was giving it to Daddy for Daddy to what? Fix, because she believed Daddy could do anything. Now, here's what Daddy would do. Daddy would try to fix it. If he couldn't fix it, he'd get rid of it, you know, because I didn't want her thinking I, I would distract her with something else. Because we had, she had an expectation when she brought that need that Daddy was going to do something about it. See, folks, that's what he's expecting here. You just don't persistently go to him because you you got to have an expectation. you got to be watchful. you got to be aware of God. That hurts, doesn't it? That hurts me. What do you mean it hurts, George? Because I don't pray that way. I don't pray that way. I need to. I need to pray with an expectation of God. You've got to do something here. As if we're honest with ourselves, we don't pray that way, do we? Because we don't expect Him to figure it out. Why is that? Because I think we're children of our culture, where we expect everything to... If you've got enough money and enough brain power and enough manpower, we should be able to work it out on our own, right? But have you noticed that enough money and enough brain power and enough manpower can't solve half the stuff that we face? Have you noticed that? We need God. And do we have an expectation of Him doing something? Do we have an expectation? Here's the other thing He tells us, and I think this is so radical here for you and I. It's hard for us to want to do this. He says, look at that, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Here's the next point. We need to pray with thanksgiving towards God. Oh, George, that's not tough. Yeah, it is. Ever try to be thankful? When your world is crumbling around you? When life seems upside down? You ever try to be thankful then? It's hard. But here's what you do when you're thankful. When you are thankful to God, you are going to Him and acknowledging to Him that there's somebody bigger than you. There's somebody who can handle it more than you can handle it. And we need to have that attitude. We need to be persistent. We need to be aware. We need to be expecting something from Him. And we need to be thankful. God, I'm thanking you. I'm even thanking you for that I'm going through this because I get to see you work in my life. That's getting serious. It's okay. We've seen, we've seen our empty prayers. We've seen that we go through the motions. We don't expect God to answer, but we need to get serious. We need to be persistent. We need to be expecting Him. We need to have an awareness of Him. And we need to have thanksgiving. So what do we pray about? So what do we pray about, George? Well, let's go over to 1 Timothy chapter 2. Paul's going to tell us now how to pray. What do we pray about? 
Look with me. Verses 1 to 4. The apostle writes, I therefore exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and a giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and all who are in authority, that we may lead quiet and peaceable, lead a quiet and peaceable life in the goodness and in reverence, in all goodness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires that all men be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. Here's what you need to pray about. First thing he's telling us here, verse 1, he's saying that you pray all kinds of prayers, supplications, you even give thanks, you pray all the time, here's what you need to pray about. We have to pray for all men. Isn't that interesting? Did you notice something there? He didn't say, spend your time praying about yourself. He is telling us, as the apostle, that you and I need to pray for other people. Now, the fact of the matter is, is that I'll just be flat out honest with you. If I look at my life, I spend most of my time, and I'm sure you're just like me, spend most of my time praying about me. My stuff. My issues. My needs. And then God bless everybody else. If we're honest with ourselves, that's how we pray, right? Because the stuff we're going through is real, right? To us. But here's what he's saying to you. He's saying to you, I am telling you, the Apostle says, that you need to give all kinds of prayers for all men. What do you mean all men? For everybody. For the people who are around you today in this church, to the people who live next to you, to the people who work with you. Well, I don't want to pray for the guy that I he's, he's, he's a thorn in my side, George. You want me to pray for him? Yeah, I can't think of a better person to pray for than the thorn in your side. Somebody needs to, don't you think? And when I say pray for him, it's not one of those Lord zap him prayers. No, we're not doing that, okay? But you need to pray for all men. That's the first area that we need to do. Here's the second area. Look with me, verse 2. For kings and all who are in authority. What's he saying there? We need to pray for our government leaders. That's hard, isn't it? Because maybe your dude that you voted for didn't get in. It's easy to pray for the dude that you voted for, right? But if it's the dude that you didn't vote for, it's hard to pray for them, right? And a lot of times we really don't want to think about our government leaders, but but he's saying here we need to pray for our government leaders. Now let me just stop for a moment before you say, well, he shouldn't be prayed for. He, I wouldn't pray for him at all. Think about who's writing this letter. It's the Apostle Paul. Who's his king? Who's his Caesar? Nero. And he's telling you and I to pray for them? 
Can't think of anybody more wicked than who? Nero. Here's what I'm going to tell you something. I get distressed as pastors. Sometimes I enter into conversation with people, and, and I'll be flat out honest with you. Some of you get worked up about your politics. And that's okay. You need to feel strongly about what you believe and hold to. But when I hear you talk about the opposition, whoever your opposition is, and the way you talk about them, I cringe. I mean, you wouldn't talk about your dog that way. Even if they've done wrong. But you'll talk about another human being that way? Well, isn't that okay, George? Well, just remember now, we just read here in these two verses that I'm to pray for all people, and I'm especially to pray for government leaders, those who are in authority. You and I need to pray for them. Why? Here's why we need to pray for all people and for our government leaders. Paul tells us right in the verse. Look here, verse 2. That we may lead quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Why? We pray so that we can lead quiet and peaceable lives. Hey, are you worried about what's happening in the country? Are you worried about what's happening in the economy? Are you worried about how that's going to affect you? I mean, if you're normal, you are, right? What are you doing about it? Well, I get with my friends over at Dunkin' Donuts and we share a cup of coffee and I chew the fat and I express my anger about it. I yell at the radio. I write letters to the editor. That's all fine. Do you pray about it? Because the reason why you want to pray for all men, so you want to pray about the jerk at work, the reason why you pray for whoever the president is or whoever the governor is or whoever the mayor is or whoever the councilman is or whoever the commissioner is, whoever the representative is or whoever this is or that is, the reason why you pray for all of those folks, whether they're from your party or not, It's so that you can live, and isn't that what most of us want? A quiet and peaceable life. You know what? If we spent as much time praying as we do complaining, do you think there might be a difference? And of all the people to pray, shouldn't it be Christians? Because we say we know and serve the true God, right? But here's the problem. The reason why we don't pray is it goes back to what we said earlier. When we, we just pray empty prayers, we simply go through the motions and we don't expect God to do what? Anything. So, folks, we need to pray for everybody. We need to be the kind of church that has a commitment to prayer. Where we're going to pray for everybody. And we're going to pray for our government leaders because we expect God to do something. So that we can live what? Quiet 
and peaceable lives. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.